0: Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast, a show where a group of friends get together and talk about a variety of geeky topics. Find out what shows we've been watching, find out what movies we've seen, find out what games we're playing. Come along and join us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. My name is always is Devin Turek, and today I'm joined by Patrick Leeson. Well, I wasn't even ready for this. Hi. <laughs> this <is> Patrick Ravsavoy. <laughs> Hello, Paul Sanders. Howdy, and Dwayne McKen. All right, okay. let's get right into it. We've got a uh, oh, thanks, what? thanks. thanks we're all like, jumping all really? over. Wow, we're going,
1: we're going live now. Wow,
0: <laughs> all, right, all right, anyway. Um, like I, like I was saying, we've got a short episode today. Uh, Pat doesn't have a lot of time, so uh, let's get right, uh, moving right into segment one our week's uh in the hobby. It well, I was going to say, it sounds uh,
1: easy because both Patrick and Paul are like,
2: we got nothing to talk about. <laughs> Paul, yeah, good. nothing.
0: Good. Uh, in that case, um, Pat, or Paul, why don't you go first? <laughs> All right.
2: Um, <laughs> that's, no, that's fine. I'm good with this. Um, let's see. what did, The only thing on record that I really have, other than our, uh, our gaming sessions, or our weekly um, live stream that we didn't do last week for various reasons, um, uh, we've been doing some Grim Dawn um we've played around a little bit with that and so far uh i'm enjoying it um i do feel like i want to get back to division two though a little bit um i'm not sure why but uh i don't think i i I think a lot of people we've been playing other than the streaming sessions and not too many people have shown up to play off stream
0: Oh, you guys did not even let me know you're doing it. So uh, if you did, maybe I was well,
2: It's just every evening, most of the time, is just, when I'm available. Yeah, just but check for the, for the last
0: two weeks, Pat's been off
2: doing something else. Gavin's not around. So it's... It's only been Bruce! <laughs> well, Bruce's schedule is even more convoluted than any of ours, so...
0: Yeah, because he lives uh, six hours away from us. Yeah. Or, no, uh, I should say, well, he lives I, six hours in the future... One one or the other. It's only five hours. He's five hours ahead of us. Yeah.
2: Well,
1: still, it's five hours in the future. And he still refuses to give us any stock tips, bastard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think that's how that works. (laughs) I don't think so. Oh, no.
2: Yeah. Anyway, um, we did have a a very good session yesterday for our Star Wars role playing, uh, which Pat and Gavin and Gavin's wife and Dev is also uh, playing with me for that, which is quite nice. Um, Bruce actually joined yesterday, too, for the first time. He's seen that now as well, which is good to see. It was fun to play with Bruce. There's something other than Pendragon. And I don't remember that ever happening before. So it was memorable, at least in that regard. But uh, for me, that's it. Like, I haven't even watched movies or anything. Um, I threw... I watched... Tron Legacy the other day just for some nostalgia and because I like the cool lighting in that movie for the uh, vehicles and clothing. I like that. Right. Cool. So, But
0: that's pretty much it for me. Alright, let's move on to uh, Mr. Ramzahoy.
3: Okay, well, not a whole lot in the world of video gaming uh, different for me. Um, got the uh, alternate Wednesday night game going, so I think we've had like two sessions since the last time we played. Uh, we did discover that uh, clay golems are uh, tremendously nasty in Pathfinder 2nd Edition uh, because they have a curse uh, that they bestow when they, when they hit you. Uh, it, luckily there is a fortitude save to, to uh, not be affected by it, but if you are affected by it, uh, you can't heal any hit points back except through magical healing, and even the magical healing has a high threshold uh, to uh, go past. Uh, in order for uh, the heel to actually work. Uh, so I had it as our first encounter, which was uh, mm-hmm. the problem, because uh, everybody who did get hit by it was uh, severely hindered for any encounters coming up afterwards. Uh, if it was a later encounter, then uh, you could use downtime to just sort of say, yeah, you, you were able to find somebody and eventually spent enough time getting the heals done so that uh, you were able to break the curse. But uh, yeah, first encounter, not good. Um, let's see as far as shows and so on that uh, I've watched um, it's not uh, genre but uh, I did watch uh, The Queen's Gambit uh, and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy at least is a very popular genre actress uh, she stars in this and I highly recommend it, it actually makes chess interesting and uh, has a lot of tension involved in she's also in New Mutants Yes, yes, she plays magic yes Uh, There was an older movie, I think it was from like 2015, that I watched on Amazon Prime, so that's where it's available. It's called Automata. Uh, It's starring Antonio Banderas, and uh, it's kind of a cross between Blade Runner and Isaac Asimov's uh, robot mysteries. Uh, So Banderas is playing a guy who's uh, basically an insurance uh, investigator. there's been a tremendous uh, uh, ecological damage to the world. Uh, population, human population, has dropped down to 21 million people because it was so bad. Um, so, corporation ROC created robots to uh, to try and uh, <clears throat> excuse me handle all the work uh, and building the infrastructures that they needed to try and protect themselves from the environment. Um, and there are two primary rules that uh, these robots follow, uh, that, well, it's basically built right into them. Uh, they can't allow any living thing to come to harm, and they can't self-repair or self-modify. And the whole show opens with a uh, police officer seeing, discovering a robot that's self-modifying itself. And, uh, and so uh, the investigator has to get involved in this, and he's discovering what appears to be a conspiracy and gets caught up in it, and yeah, it it's actually uh, really good. Uh, it's a low budget movie, but has some really good special effects. So it was hard to tell if the robots were uh, CG or if they were puppets. Pretty well done. They were probably a mix of both. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's uh, if you enjoyed Blade Runner, I think it's uh, it's worth watching. Hmm. Uh, though it, it 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 isn't like Blade Runner at all. I mean, the robots are very obviously robots. Yes. Uh let's see. Um as far as anime or uh other shows, uh I have been watching a bit of anime. I just finished uh an older, well, not that old. It's been on Netflix for a couple of months now, uh called Erased. And uh it sort of uh follows along the the idea of, you know, when you have regrets and wish you'd been able to do something about it. Uh there's this guy, he's about 29 years old and uh Every now and again, he has what he calls, I think, revisions, uh, something like that, where he's eight, he goes back about ten or fifteen minutes, or five or ten minutes, actually, in time, uh, and it's usually because something is something bad is about to happen, uh, and so he looks around, to figure out what the bad thing is, and then fixes it. So it opens up with him having one of these experiences uh, because he passes a truck where the driver has had a heart attack and died. And so the truck is careening out of control and he manages to, to take control of the truck and prevent it from uh, killing a little kid. Okay. All right. But it turns out that, uh, that 18 years earlier when he was 11 years old, uh, some kids that he went to school with were murdered, kidnapped and murdered. And, uh, so all of a sudden he jumps back 18 years, uh, and uh, realizes that he needs to fix what's going on, or what happened then, because he felt very guilty, because he could have saved one of the girls, the first girl that was killed, and uh, and he didn't do it, because he was basically just not paying attention. She was the weird kid, and, and he wasn't uh, he wasn't being friendly with her, even though he could have been. Uh, anyhow, so it's about a lot of butterfly effect kind of stuff going on with the time travel, fixing her. But it was was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. It's only 12 episodes, so it's not hard to binge. Uh, I also started watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I watched the original Full Metal Alchemist a while ago. And because Brotherhood (laughs) is basically the same story, I've been avoiding watching that. Uh, And then I discovered that uh, when the, the original series, Full Metal Alchemist, came out, the manga hadn't gotten very far in its publication. So the story actually diverges from the manga very early on. uh, And uh, Brotherhood is actually staying true to the manga. And there are some major differences that happen. Like the the beginning of it is very much the same, but as it moves on, there are some major differences. Characters that survive in the the first uh, show are killed off in the second show and so on. So, uh, yeah, if you... uh, I mean, if you haven't watched any of the Full Metal shows and you're interested in it, go with Brotherhood. Forget about the original broadcast, just Full Metal Alchemist. Um, But yeah, they're both pretty good. Anyhow, that uh, is pretty much uh,
0: what I've done in the last month. Okay. Um, Why don't I go next, since I'm sick and tired of being always the last person to go last. Okay. So, um, for movies, there's really only one that I want to talk about. It's a movie called American Renegades. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime right now. Um, it's actually pretty cool. It's about a group of um, uh, American SEALs who are uh, kind of stationed in Bosnia um, during like the the whole troubles there in, I think, 95. And um, one of them falls in love with a local girl, and uh, she finds out, or she uh, recounts a tale that her grandfather told her when he was a kid of Nazis coming to... Kind of occupy a town with uh, like a tons and tons of stolen gold from from France, mm-hmm. and uh, then the resistance, like uh, as the town gets taken over, the resistance blows up a dam and then basically floods the town. So the town is now under you know 150 uh, feet of water, and all that gold is still down there. But no one believes her when she talks about you know how her dad had seen this happen. So she convinces this uh, this boyfriend of hers. And his SEAL team to go and recover the goals in order to help her, help her country, um, and then you know craziness ensues. It's actually pretty good um, for an action flick. It's great. Um, there's a lot of real cool, um, you know, fight scenes between the bad guys who are like the the, the Bosnian um, army, I guess, or at least a, a faction of the Bosnian army, and uh, and the, the SEAL guys is are basically. Going against all orders and and uh, and recovering this cold. Uh, very good. I really enjoyed that. I would definitely recommend that uh, for TV shows. I'm uh, five seasons into a show called Justified. I don't know oh. if I started talking about this yeah. last time, but uh, this is an amazing show. For the longest time, I didn't look I look it up just because it seemed like it was um, like a Wild West type show, and I'm not a big fan of the Wild West genre but it turns out it's actually modern day and it's a the the tale of this uh, u.s marshal who comes from a a really backward small town in kentucky and you know his family have all been criminals uh his one of his best friends growing up uh turns out to be a, a big time criminal and then he actually ends up putting that guy away and uh and then when he gets released they kind of their their friendship slash competition kind of ensues Anyway, it's, uh, it's a fantastic story of uh, a lawman who kind of takes matters into his own hands. Like, the very first episode opens with him murdering someone, in, not in cold blood, but, like, um, the, he, he gives a, uh, a drug dealer 24 hours to get out of uh, Miami. The guy refuses to, so he guns him down on a rooftop pool. But, you know, he's justified because the guy went for his piece, so he's like, yep, uh, he pulled it. He pulled a piece. I had no choice but to put him down, and he gets off. So he has like this this reputation for putting down people. Um, it is awesome. Uh, I really, really, really like it. Timothy Ol- Oliphant plays the main character, and it's so funny uh, when we were watching when I was watching the first episode of Mandalorian. Timothy Oliphant plays the marshal in that town. I'm like, oh my god, Raylan Givens, the marshal from Justified, is now in Mandalorian. Well, he's also uh, he's also Seth Bullock
1: from he's Deadwood.
0: Also... Seth Bullock from Deadwood. Yes, yeah. He also did play in De- Deadwood, apparently as did the bartender from yeah. uh, the Martin- Mandalorian, the, the, the uh, Deveronian. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, know what I'm saying? Tilly the has is not n- nude for It seems to be stuck in a...
0: I'm a law guy. I play a weird law guy. <laughs> right. Anyway, Justified is amazing. I am loving it. Um, I've been watching it on my own, uh, and then I talked to Jed about it. She's looking for something new to watch. And so she started watching it uh, I think earlier this week, and she's already like
1: five episodes. And, and of course you you must like his his buddy
0: that uh, was from The Shield, right? Yeah, so um, the the main bad guy, the, the guy who plays his best friend is Walton Goggins from The Shield and from many other shows as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, he played a very weird transsexual um, um, uh, not stripper, but uh, sex worker in um, Sons of Anarchy, too. Like he's, he's a great actor, and he's very oh, yeah. funny. Uh, and, he, and he does a really good job in that role, too. Uh, so the other show I want to talk about is called The Magicians. Uh, I started watching this a couple of weeks ago. This is a show I'm watching with Jen. And uh, she, she really didn't like it, uh, the first episode. And, and even I was kind of like, what is happening here? And then the end of the first episode is like this strange, like crazy cliffhanger where a bunch of people get murdered. And she's like, okay, now I'm interested. And so we've been watching it for now i think three seasons um and uh, it just gets crazier and crazier it's basically a, uh, almost like harry potter except their uh college level instead of elementary school level and um magic is real it kind of exists in the real world uh there are some people who acknowledge it uh but mostly people don't realize what's happening great great show i'm really enjoying that one too yeah
4: there's uh, also there's also some really like warped chronicles of narnia stuff going on
0: yeah yeah it's, it's actually almost a uh, direct correlation with chronicles of narnia because um the whole background is that there's a series of children's books that were written by this guy and um and one of the, the main the main character basically the guy who's kind of the central protagonist um has been he's kind of like socially awkward he doesn't really like he doesn't get people he doesn't um he, he's not uh like a popular person but he has like a couple of good friends and uh but he believes in this in this universe uh, that's written in these books not not as a real thing but it's just like it's it's the kind of thing that you pick up when you're a child and then in your adulthood you put it down and then move on to other things well he never puts it down and it's always kind of in the forefront of his mind and it turns out like the, the entire magic system is really based on what's in these books the books are a uh, like a children's telling of the reality of this whole other world. And then um, that's kind of like the source of all magic comes from, from that world. It's, it's, it's very neat. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm still enjoying it because I'm in the middle of it. Um, and one more show. I, I haven't actually started watching this, but this is like literally next on our list. Um, we're going to be watching this as soon as we get a chance to. It's called The Deep. It's uh, a BBC show about um, a, a oceanography submarine uh, below the Arctic ice. Uh, I don't know anything more about it than that, other than they find something, a source of energy, and then things go crazy. So that's yeah. that's next on my list. Um, for games, I really haven't been playing any video games other than the ones we've already talked about. Um, I still do RimWorld quite a bit. Uh, I'm still going. Pretty big in, in Baldur's Gate, but the main majority of my time gaming has been taken up with Grim Dawn. Um, I've I've got a uh, one guy who's actually managed to complete the whole storyline, and uh, I'm kind of moving on to uh, a few different builds that I wanted to try out. One of which is the Necromancer, who is basically uh, you can you can walk away from your computer and just let all your skeletons do all the the fighting for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild um I've, I've got it so that even as a low-level character i'm playing um w- w- in a mode called veteran where everything is much more difficult um, whenever you come across like a a special mo- boss creature the boss creature usually has his own little minions along with him as well so you're fighting instead of one guy you're fighting three or four of them at a time and they hit harder and they uh, they kill much easier but since i'm not Putting myself in danger at all i just let the skeleton go ahead and they do all the uh, the fighting for me yep and just always summon more up when you need to yeah exactly it's uh it's i i won't say it's fun but at least it's safe so because it's so safe i started playing hardcore mode and uh in hardcore mode basically if you die once you die that's it you're done all of your stuff oh, is lost <laughs> anything you have in the bank is lost you're, you're that's it's over uh so i've been playing hardcore mode and I got all the way up to like level 31. I finished uh, partway through the second act of the game, and I'm fighting a boss, and not really paying attention, right? Because I've oh. gotten to the point where you know things are going so well. I yeah. I, I don't die. I don't die at all. Your your minions, your pets, do everything for yeah, you and everything. Yeah. Yep. but you know what? If they all die and you don't realize they're all dead and you haven't summoned them yet, all of a sudden <laughs> the boss is now in your face and smacking you for fifty percent of your. And you're and squishy.
3: You're squishy. And, and yeah,
0: exactly. And you're very squishy. You you have no tanking capability at all whatsoever. <laughs> and that's that's how I found myself and suffered my first and only death of that campaign. <laughs> I was so unhappy. Like, oh my god, all of that time I put into it lost, but. You know, hardcore is where it's at. So I started yeah. a new character. I'm doing the exact same thing
4: all over again. <laughs> well, uh, you know this old saying, pride goeth
0: before. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> like, if you don't pay attention in, in this game, you will get murdered. Like, you really have to be on the ball. You can't even, not even for a minute, can you like uh, just kind of nod off <laughs> or, or pe- stop paying attention or concentrate on something else. Like, I think at the time I was looking at my devotions, which is like uh, – constellations that you that you pick based on praying to gods and then um, they give you bonuses in the game i think i was maybe even looking at one of those to see what my next thing was going to be uh when the boss whacked me and, and then my game was over so lesson learned don't don't lose focus <laughs> but yeah it's, it's a fantastic game i'm really really enjoying I mean, i've been playing this game on and off for probably about five years now i almost since it first came out i missed the kickstarter but as soon as it was available for public consumption I, I got into it and um and we've kind of rediscovered it uh in the past few weeks and then i think all of us really have kind of gotten into it everyone except that uh, pack
3: oh yeah God. yeah
0: uh, for role playing games, uh, my Monday night Star Wars game is still going well. That's the Edge of the Empire. My Thursday night role playing uh, Star Wars game, which is Force and Fan- um, Force and Fantasy. Force and what is it? Destiny. Force and Destiny. Yes, Force and Destiny. That's going well. Uh, those are still weekly. And of course, like what we talked about, we had our Age of a- Age of Rebellion um, Star Wars game yesterday. That's more of like on a monthly basis that I play with you guys. Those are all going very well. Um, I don't really have anything else other than that. I mean, Pat's Pendragon is still going, but we haven't done that in a while. Um, uh, the Paladin campaign that our friend Eric is running, that's still going well, but my god. I I've, I keep getting wrecked in that game. You know, I get hit once, it's for huge, huge damage, and I'm out for like the rest of the game. Uh, it, it's, it's starting to get a little annoying, but... Well, whatever. We we play and we have a good time. So that's still going on. I think that's really everything that I have to talk about. Uh, Let's move on to Pat. All right. Well, um, so for movies,
1: um, I watched. uh, Let me pull up my Netflix here because it's easier (laughs) to to remember what I watch. Um, But I did watch. um, uh, Part started watching The Barbarians. uh, Oh,
0: yeah. I forgot about that. How was it?
1: it's not bad. Uh I, I like it. It's it's definitely like the um, like Patrick was talking about it talking about it before, where they're they're actually talking, you know, Latin and yeah. uh, and Germanic. Uh, well some it, it the, the, the that's in English, yeah. Um sometimes though. Um but it's mostly they so their English is the German and then the, the the Latin, the Romans are speaking the Latin, which is you have to actually have the uh subtitles to understand what's going on. Uh so that was that was pretty interesting. Is to watch. I'm gonna to have to watch more of that. Uh, Justified is one I want to watch because it's a the western sort of thing, which I you know into with my uh,
0: my guy. But, but, but it's not though. Like it, it's no, not no, but a, it's still a it's, modern western. It's, it's not a, a typical western. But it still has that flavor for it though, right? I mean, um, not really. It's it's more um, it's more deliverance, uh, South Alabama. Or, yeah. Um, uh, Outback Alabama type yeah. of feel to it. Um, I've also
1: watched uh, Gemini Man uh, with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. It's it was good, but they're like they, uh, I don't know. It, it was they, they didn't quite capture what I thought was the essence of like the older, experienced guy versus his younger clone. You know, that's the uh, the idea behind it. And overall, it was an action flick, but it was like I, I thought they could have done more to explore the. Difference between the two, right? Of you know, the older guy with the uh, with his knowledge of old school stuff versus the guy new guy just using all pure technology.
0: And so. it's also kind of more of a father son story than anything else, like mm-hmm. a, a son who's been removed from the father and, and brought up by someone else, hating his yeah. father. Yeah.
1: Well, not even knowing who his real father was, it's right? Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, also watched for um, it's called outpost it's from 2008 it's uh, basically is what it is is there's a group of mercenaries who can find in uh, a world war ii bunker that has nazi zombies in it or <laughs> <hand> it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and
3: it's
1: it's um so it was interesting to watch i was sort of watching that happen I'm like okay what's what's going on what's going, oh wait there's there's nazis Oh, there's Nazi zombies. Okay, because they don't show you right off the bat. Because there's been a few others that did this one. This one you don't realize right off the bat what's going on until later on. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Um, then also, I did watch the New Mutants. It's now only on YouTube, so you have to actually pay pay for it. Right now, it's not dropped on any of the uh, uh, on Disney or anywhere else yet. And I'm people are ragging on it because I I think they. Try they're seeing it as a they're like oh it's another superhero movie it's not it's basically a teen drama um, sort of coming of age sort of idea right they're coming of age into their powers but a lot of that stuff is is you know a lot of more drama and talking and stuff like that as opposed to lots of action it's also got as the teasers trailers we saw years ago sort of does have that horror element to it right of you're not sure what's going on and it looks like there's possessions or other sorts of things going on. So it was, I liked it. Um, it's, it's, I don't want to say more without giving away spoilers. Of course. Um, the, the characters are mostly, uh, I have to be careful here. Mostly close to the, uh, the comics. I mean, obviously there's going to be some changes. There's a couple that were actually fairly, major changes uh, that but again not going to spoil it I recommend watching it but don't think of it as like a standard you know superhero movie it's not it's more like uh what was it the Misfits remember was it the Misfits that British one the British right movie, right? oh fuck I love that show yeah so it's it's more like that right where it's just you know there's, there's much more talking going on and drama built up than superhero action so if, if you keep that in mind, you should like it as well. And for gaming, well, the computer game stuff, Wardon, it's funny you're talking about it because Paul and I were playing the other day and he uh, used your idea for one of your characters, Dev. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're going to switch to veteran because okay, we're both squishy, but we put <laughs> out so much power. It's basically like, like you're just seeing massive explosions and stuff going on. It's was like, okay. Oh, is think it the power. Shaman build? Yeah, he's doing the yeah, shaman build. The shaman is amazing. And you're going okay. Um, and I, I'm a fire based uh, inquisitor with the um, Demo- demonologist. No, I can't pronounce one. Uh, Demo- no, it's not demon. It's de- Demolitions. Oh, dem- demolitionist. Oh, demolitionist. Yeah, demolitionist. Because right. I keep thinking, de- I keep thinking de- demon as well for Inquisition, but it's no, it's <laughs> demolitionist. Um, those two can combined with that is just like a lot of big explosions, lightning, and everything. So it was like okay. Yeah, we're walking through big bosses. Boom, boom. The only time I died is when I wasn't paying attention because I was standing on top of an acid pit. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I oh crap, yes. Acid. <laughs> but but it wasn't the big boss that killed me. It was the standing standing there instead of moving, right? Um so that was so yeah, we're gonna switch to veteran as well. Um it's 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 but I think I can see where Paul's coming from. It'd be nice to play get back to Division 2 or some other sort of game
0: as well. It's now, funny. I, was, so, I was thinking about that today, um, just when I, when I was thinking about starting up Grim Dawn. Like, oh, do I really want to go back to playing Division on Tuesdays? I kind of don't. I'm actually really enjoying playing something different. Oh, no, it's nice. But
1: like I said, it's also be good to maybe find um, something else as well that comes up with, maybe. Maybe, hey, when Cyberpunk 2077 actually comes up, that's going to be a single-player game, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is, which is strange because it's like you know you've had this much time you figure you, you could have put in a multiplayer. No, I
0: hate it when they kind of um, try to shoehorn in a multiplayer game to a or a single player a, yeah por- portion to a, what's meant as a single player game of the storyline, yeah. where you're the protagonist. Like it's it's hard to have three or four people playing the game alongside you and all of you are the main character. Yeah, but speaking of cyberpunk though,
1: um, for role playing games because as people know, um, I'm busy a lot now with role playing games. So we did the Year Star Wars uh yesterday. On Friday I played in Blue Planet again. Um coming up next week is my Deadlands game. Uh and in a couple of weeks after that is one of the, the, the penultimate session of Pendragon campaign. Mm-hmm. And but now also, like I said, you know, Cyberpunk to get back to that, there is a new one called Cyberpunk 20, uh, Cyberpunk Red. Um, that's the newest edition coming out from artelsian Ar- Games. They have Sorry, updated what, what, what
0: was the name of the company?
1: Artelzorian? Talz- Tal- Al-
0: Artelzorian, yeah.
1: Oh, okay, Tal- Um So they've changed a few things, um, and I'm starting up, uh, I'm going to run a small mini, well, ca- ca- I guess a few sessions, uh, one-shots of that uh, with our buddy Eric from Waterloo. And a couple other people. Uh, so that's going to be starting up soon, which is interesting. It's like, okay. And also there's a new Vampire uh, Edition out, Vampire 5th Edition, coming from, uh, well, White Wolf, which is owned by, I can't remember, who's owned by, who owns White Wolf now? Anyone? It's Wizards still, isn't it? It's Wizards? Yeah. I think so. Um, so. Yeah. So there's a new vampire edition, and also they're planning to, again, they're going to have their uh, the Hunters and Mage and Werewolf eventually coming in as well. Um, but someone's going to be running me in a new vampire campaign, and that's what I'm leaving early for today is that we're actually doing the session zero. It's ah. like so this has been planned for a while like, we're like okay wait I'm, I'm triple i can't i i'm booked every day now pretty much for gaming role-playing or computers it's like uh okay i have some time on this sunday afternoon <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're doing that again um so i'm playing the uh, the old-fashioned you know toreador drama queen uh there's gonna be a malkavian a... oh
0: god nothing is ever gonna get done if you have a maltvin in the party
1: no and well also i'm not sure the person really understands that you always have to you you have to role play your craziness which mm-hmm. is not easy like it sounds yeah. cool right but then you're like no no you actually have to role play it and it's not easy to play a crazy person like you know i mean you don't have to do a, you if you especially if you take pr- huge ones so he's going with even with schizophrenia it's like uh, oh good guy <laughs> uh, yeah and then an adventure. So we'll see how we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then oh, um, so that's about it. Like I said, for role playing, um, which is been pretty much every day because I'm also involved at the, the the cult one, and then another Star Wars game, and there's something else in there. While well, I just can't remember right now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm glad I'm on lockdown and I have so much time to myself now.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So uh, I guess that's Wait, it for you then. We're going to move yeah. on. Yep. Uh, I do have one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, Jen and I watched a documentary last night called Me So Hungry about uh, this Australian guy who's overweight and wants to lose weight and and uh, finds out that Japan has uh, a much lower case of all the things that obesity like obesity and everything that's associated with so diabetes uh, heart attack um, liver disease that's sort of thing and so he decides he's gonna go and try to live like a, a traditional Japanese um, life for two weeks uh, try, try to pick up their their eating habits and right. then see if he can then bring that back home to Australia and then continue that for like the next 10 weeks wow. and um. It's it's actually a really good documentary. I very much enjoyed it, and it was nice seeing all that you know, uh, small dish Japanese food. The stuff that I saw when I was actually in Japan. Yeah. Um, for, well, for I was gonna say
1: that's, that's the thing. Portions like they give much smaller portions. They, they do the
0: give smaller portions, but they also give you like a huge variety. So they'll have like ten dishes in front of you yeah. uh, when you go to a meal. And every single 10 of those things have like one or two small scoops of whatever. And then you have a bowl of rice, and then you have miso soup. And you have that miso soup and that bowl of rice with every meal. And it's amazing how filling that is. And so everything else can be just a little bit of something, and then you still feel satisfied at the end of it. Yeah. Anyway, that was a very good documentary called Miso Hungry. In cool. case anyone's interested, it's on Amazon Prime. All right. Okay, sorry, Dwayne, on to you.
4: Yeah, so um, I wanted to mention, just to comment on something Pat was talking about. Uh, White Wolf uh, was bought out by a company called Paradox Interactive that makes video games uh, back in 2015. Oh, okay. And right. then uh, also like, uh, for the most part, they licensed out all the stuff to a company called Onyx Path, which was founded by Game developers who worked for White Wolf um, but uh, in 2018 like uh, White Wolf publishing was still doing the odd thing for their game lines until in 2018 they basically uh, really screwed up and Paradox took the like just took it over completely and shut down any publishing stuff. And the only thing that White Wolf does now is brand management, largely in concert with Onyx Path. So uh, so yeah, so if there's a new uh, vampire coming out, it's Onyx Path that's done that.
1: Well, it's actually out, like there's a, it is. Yeah, Um,
4: so um, so yeah, so uh, Onyx Path, course also has the license for exalted and uh exalted third edition continues to move along kind of at a snail's pace i just recently they finally released the final uh um for sale edition of the new lunar's book uh things at the gate i believe is what they called it uh i have it because i kickstarted it uh It's good. I like it. As for what I've been doing uh, in the hobby, the answer is not a lot. Um, I haven't been watching much TV at all. I've seen the first uh, two and a half episodes of Star Trek Discovery, and I've enjoyed them. I just haven't gotten around to watching the rest of them. sorry uh did i get did i No, nope,
0: nope you're still
4: here it's okay yeah um so yeah so as i said watch some of the starter discovery uh you know so far so good uh, i think uh, it's going to be really interesting what they do with the new the new setting the new setup um and that reading i am still reading Ravel Unlimited, of course uh i've Kind of slowed down on it uh because i've been distracted i'm on april 2013 so uh so far so good and everything like that i i'm still enjoying that um reading wise my main thing is that i'm currently on a major jim butcher kick. oh
1: yeah i have a couple of years
4: Yeah, because I was able to, uh, I think I mentioned last podcast, uh, I guess in celebration of the release of the 17th book in the Dresden Files, uh, the second one to come out this year, uh, Butcher's publisher put everything he's ever written on sale or three dollars each oh ebooks in in ebooks so while that sale was on um they they had been doing it more slowly they were putting on roughly a dresden files book a month on sale and i picked up six of them and then it kind of stopped and then all of a sudden um i was reading on mobile read which is a site I'm fairly active on. And someone goes, yeah, they've put all these Jim butcher books on sale. And so I went looking and it was everything, including uh, the 17th book. I, I'm blanking on the title, but it hadn't been released yet. And yet you could pre-order it for $3. (laughs) So I hadn't binged on buying books in a long time, but I binged then, And so, everything that i didn't have from butcher i picked up and as well i picked up everything i already had so i'd have it in ebook so i've read i've now reread the first four books in his codex alera series and then i decided to take a bit of a break from codex alera and i went back to uh dresden files and i'm currently on book seven of the dresden files uh it's you know it's it's like uh, binging on Netflix really. Uh, I hit the end of the book and my Kobo immediately goes next in the series, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, no, not resisting, click. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's that's where a lot of my free time's been going lately is just uh, reading books, which mm-hmm. uh, well, is not uh, something I mind um, um dwayne if
1: you're interested in uh, the new mutants
4: uh,
1: um out of the basement you know there's mm-hmm. there's a way out of the basement could have a copy
4: of this okay um i may take i may take you up on that because i've been i've been curious yeah I've, I've, i'm very curious um because the reviews as you mentioned have been decidedly mixed yeah um but you know i'm I'm very much a fan of the era of New Mutants where the characters are taken from, namely uh, the Claremont and Sykovich era from starting, I don't know, back around, I think, 90s, uh, 90s. yeah, like number 18. Yeah, So well, there, uh, late 80s, mid to late 80s. There, huh?
3: The origin of the New Mutants was what, the second or third graphic novel that Marvel ever put out?
4: Marvel Graphic novel number four.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew it was one of the early ones.
4: Yep. Uh, well the like first, said, the, the first uh, one I, want,
3: uh, I don't want to do spoilers,
1: but I do want to talk to you, you know, you guys about it because yeah. well, especially Patrick and Dwayne, because you guys are you know, you remember the new mutants and yep. stuff, and it's like you know
4: Yeah. Uh, the very first Marvel Graphic novel, by the way, was The Death of Captain Marvel by Jim Starlin. Yep. Yeah, And he's still dead. Um, yes, he is.
3: Actually. That's one of the. Oh, he the, has like, made appearances, but he's still dead. Well, yes. yes, but it's yeah. It's, sorry, going yeah. to get in yeah. there. Sorry.
4: No, no worries, no worries. Um, I, you know, I'm, I am still uh, doing some RPG stuff. Um, Pat's mentioned his campaign and the difficulties we had with the clay golems. Uh, so.
1: Well, I was going to say Patrick also learned why it's not good to have your NPCs stand next to these said golems when the golems are getting hit. Because they also have a thing of, they go berserk if they go below a certain percentage of their hit points.
4: Yeah.
1: And and they ignore unarmed combat. And if you have monks around
4: them, they they get squishy. (laughs)
1: Because golems take nothing from unarmed
4: attacks. So, um, you know, we ended up uh, basically going with a, a loophole that uh was brought up online in that if the healing the healing has to be magical and if it's a spell you have to beat an insanely high uh dispel difficulty counter,
3: um, counter threshold.
4: yeah so because the, they treat the curse as if it was a 10th level spell which is insane but if you can get a hold of Magical Healing that isn't a spell, i.e., uh, potions, that doesn't apply. And as it turned out, we have we have access uh, to some of that stuff. Do you have a uh, priest with
0: Goodberry? That's usually what I use for ma- Magical Healing. That's a spell. Uh, but it creates an item, and then you eat yeah, the item. But it's not it's, technically a spell. It's,
4: it's, it's still, it still would count as a spell, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
4: anyway, uh, so and the nice the nice thing is is that if you manage to heal somehow, you break the curse. So, yeah. you know, um, the enemy army really likes golems, though. I think uh, I think Garth's gonna have to try to leverage that somehow.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but um, I've been doing a lot of reading, Pathfinder. Uh, second edition lately uh, I actually bought the advanced players guide just on impulse and that uh, because I realized there's things about Garth that I keep forgetting he can do and stuff so uh, I've been I've been working on that and last session I was able to do a little more uh, namely he can create two temporary scrolls a day of... They just have to be different spell levels. So, I made those my invisibilities. And <laughs> in that. <laughs> uh, and everything. So, uh, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, sometimes it seems like uh, we're going to get buried under a tide of bad guys, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still enjoying I'm still enjoying it quite a bit.
3: You um, usually you guys usually start feeling like, oh my god, we've got to run away right when you're about to turn the the curve and, and start taking control over it.
4: Yeah. Um so other than that, the only role playing games I'm a part of is uh, the Earth Westmarchers campaign that I've mentioned several times before um i actually just ran a session of that yesterday and that uh which was which was interesting i don't think i've ever come quite that close to killing off party members Mm -hmm. but um it was a rated hard adventure and we classify that as if you don't bring your a game there is a definite possibility you'll get killed so, um, but they pulled—they pulled it off. Um, the big—the big fight was one I threw in against like uh, six Cadavermen. This was for Circle Three characters, so we're talking pretty low-level guys. So Cadavermen yeah. were major threat, but they came up. Uh, it ended up being close for a couple of the characters, but they came up with a really good strategy that ended up being very, very effective. So I was really happy to really happy to see that. And, uh, yeah, so my main guy is getting close to retirement. So I'm no longer giving him any like uh, game master awards or staff awards or anything like that. I'm just going to stick to just playing him so that he lasts as long as he can on this final level of his career. Uh, so now I'm leveling up my secondary guy using those awards. Uh, so I don't know if me- I don't know if I mentioned him. I don't. I haven't played him all that much, but uh, we use a um, optional rule called using all talents to advance. It gives a certain. It gives a bit more flexibility, uh, particularly with uh some disciplines and some builds and everything like that so just for a laugh uh, i created an archer who can't use a bow okay so, yeah so his specialty is throwing weapons and the interesting thing is is that uh most talents that an archer uses is equally um applicable to throwing weapons and throwing weapons is a talent option um, at first circle if you if you want to take it so i did uh the only discipline talent that i won't be able to use really is flame arrow because it specifically talks about ammunition it can't be applied to a weapon but um uh, I've only played him a few times but it's been really kind of amusing what was really hilarious was the first time i played him the not knowing that my guy was going to be picked to go on there the gm had put in a kind of fun uh encounter that was supposed to make you a little bit nervous but it actually turned out to just be social uh it was a bunch of orcs who were challenging folks on the road to a contest of skill uh the skill being throwing axes
1: ah no this (laughs) this wasn't stuff and uh what was it it stuff and stuff or no stuff and such no no that Um, that was
4: my earth done yeah and that was was a long time ago (laughs) yeah
3: yeah Um, that was the all orc campaign
4: yeah where i was again playing a wizard yep which was Which was a lot of fun, but my my main memory from that one, other than, uh, you know, the somewhat more unpleasant aspects, (laughs) (laughs) um, was uh, being continually needled about being an elf wannabe, until finally it evoked Gahad. (laughs) I can't remember who I hit with the Mind Dagger, but uh, the dice exploded. (laughs) and so the unlucky fellow ended up with a very major headache <laughs> yeah. because hey you know still an orc still got a temper um, <laughs> but yeah so in in this one these orcs uh challenges to like an axe throwing <laughs> contest and my guy's gone you know sometimes the passions just throw you an easy one
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: so it's like step up uh, to basically demolish the guy. It was kind of funny. Um, So, yeah. So I guess I'll get around to playing him a little more often now. that. Uh, Other than that, you know, that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't really play video games unless I'm on the uh, PlayStation with my daughter or, you know, just doing odd little things like uh, Super Mario World on the screen on the switch or something or little mobile games on my tablets. So that's it. I do have some stuff I want to talk about for news and rumors though.
0: All right. Well, let's move on into the news and rumors. Go ahead, Dwayne.
4: Yeah. So, um, changes are still happening with, uh, the Arrowverse. Um, and that the latest news is that uh, the upcoming season of black lightning will be the last so that's season four uh, they are looking at uh spinning off uh khalil payne's character uh painkiller and that so uh, there will be a backdoor pilot to that in season four of uh Black Lightning, uh, basically setting up that character's new status quo and hopefully moving on to an actual series. Um, Thing is, though, is that, uh, you know, there's still some up in the air. Uh, They did a backdoor pilot for a new Green Arrow and the Canaries show, for example, in the last season of Arrow. But there hasn't been any word, positive or negative, um, on that, on that prospect. So, uh, right now, as it stands, the Arrowverse is definitely shrinking. Yeah, uh, Arrow finished its run with nothing to replace it. Well, I suppose you know, with nothing to replace it, uh, we have the new Superman show, Superman and Lois, uh, which will kind of replace Supergirl because Supergirl is coming to an end. And now Black Lightning is coming to an end, and it may be replaced by um, Painkiller. But it still means that basically the Arrowverse is down a show. And it does make you wonder, uh, you know, how much longer will The Flash go on? Um, yeah, The Flash seems like it might be nearing. You it, know, uh, how much longer will Legends of Tomorrow go on?
3: that, uh, yeah. Uh, so well, another, a little, another little of, sorry. I was just going to say a lot of what I've been hearing uh, now. Of course, none of this would be official yet. Is that it? That Black uh, Lightning is ending its time on the CW. There may be some thoughts of shifting it onto HBO Max or something like that. So that may be what they're kind of uh, working towards, getting it off of network TV or cable TV and into the streaming services, making that the
4: big focus. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, but I mean, you know, the CW is still owned by Warners. Yep. So you know, I, I, I can't see them. Like I can, I can understand. I can understand the moves that they made with DC Universe um, because you know it's kind of better, I think, to focus on one streaming service than to have two. But uh, I don't think they're going to try cannibalizing the CW. I mean, you know, it's difficult enough to uh, to fill uh, to fill things like things like that and everything. But, um, yeah, so that was, shoot, I knew I should have written stuff down, because... <laughs> I always write stuff down. Yeah. I, anyways, I'll I'll let uh, someone else keep talking for a bit, and I'll come back to it.
1: All right, um, I'll go, because I have to start getting, I'll probably have to head off soon there, uh, to get ready for the game, but, um, so I don't know if everyone heard, Wonder Woman's coming out in December.
3: Yep. Yep. Uh theater, simultaneous theaters and HBO Max. Exactly. Yep. On Christmas Day. Yep. So, I'm not sure of
1: you know coming out on Christmas Day, but at least it's coming out, so there's that's something. Well, um, I mean
3: this this year is probably a good year for doing something for Christmas Day cuz people are going to be wanting to do something, especially if they Yeah, can't but like
1: I'm sorry, going out to a theater not a good idea, especially this year. Oh, no, sure but but if it's but theater. if it's
3: also available on HBO Max. Well, oh, that's can... that's one thing, yeah,
1: but um, it's just I, I'm thinking they shouldn't do it in the theaters because, you know I, I know theaters are hurting and everything, but it's like, you know, okay in the States guys, I don't care. Don't don't release it in theaters. But you know, people are stupid. They're still going out, so uh no no I haven't heard any word for Black Widow though, um, which was also supposed to come out next month. Uh, so, Black Widow has been pushed to twenty twenty one. Twenty
0: twenty
1: one, okay. Yeah. Um uh one of my favorite uh, T V shows, Supernatural,
3: ended is ending well uh, ended. it ended they, they, yeah, they it broadcast ended. the last last episode uh, just uh, a few days ago
1: yeah a few days but i haven't like
3: I'm, i don't have to cable
1: so i haven't watched it and unlike dev i don't have i don't search out alternate means to <laughs> watch yeah, <you> <laughs> um, yeah so i'm waiting don't. for it to hit uh to hit i think it's on prime um or it moves around yeah. uh, between Netflix um, and prime. If,
4: if you have crave it'll be on crave
1: if on crave okay cool i'll watch it there then um, cause that's uh, like 15 years. It's pretty impressive, uh, for a show that started off pretty much. As a,
3: well, year it, year. it had a five year, uh, plan. Yes. Well, that's so it. And, three times it's ex- expiration date, you, you know, say.
1: and, uh, I have to give them credit. They did find some original stuff and, uh, I um, can imagine that must be very emotional to fa- like 15 years with, with the same characters, people, Yeah. characters, you know, it's a, it's a huge step to give up. Um, uh, but, um, that's it really for me. Like I said, because I talked about uh, Vampire Net. Sh- uh, sorry, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Hopefully, hopefully before the end of the month. <clears throat>
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it? it was supposed to be back in April? Yeah, exactly. The, the so, original.
1: Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. There does seem to be some. I've seen some videos where people have played done some play testing with it. So it might actually be coming out. Um, I know a bunch of. Our friends are actually looking forward to that game. And yeah. Considering there's nothing else to do nowadays, they're like, yeah, great.
0: So I'll see you in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, so. I, 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 it looks awesome. And um, I love that genre of game. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be picking it up until it goes on sale. Maybe not even the first time it goes on sale. Yeah. I mean, like the first sales will usually be like 25, 30% off. But I can't remember the last time I paid full
1: price for a game. Well, also, wait for patches to come out too, right? Because you know that's yeah. going to happen.
3: Oh, yeah, it's um, going to be broken. Yeah. When it comes. Well, to be the delay uh, that they're taking, or how much time they're taking yeah. to actually release it. Maybe they are taking care and of patches.
0: And also, patches are less of an issue for a single-player game than they are for multiplayer yeah, games, yeah. right? So right. That they have a tendency to do more, like, oh my god, we didn't realize people were going to be doing this. <laughs> yeah. you know, now there's 10,000 people... Or 10,000 times the number of people t- playtesting it than there was in the, uh, in the yeah. beta testing. Uh, and holy fuck, they, they came up with yeah, you know, what we didn't think about, or yeah. they broke the game in ways we weren't expecting. So now we have to do emergency patches. Less of an issue for single player games.
1: Yeah, also part of the cynic in me is like they do it on purpose because they're like, you know, we can get real, we have people to pay money to play test for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, ah, okay. Um, now, on for the gaming convention side, because this year was dead. Uh, obviously, but um, we were supposed to be doing Adepticon coming up, and well, Dev and I were going to be going to Adepticon in March, but I'm thinking that's not going to happen because there's been nothing from them at all. No, I guarantee you it will not happen.
2: And then it
1: was the earliest we'll see
2: Adepticon again.
1: Yeah, um, which is unfortunate, but I, I mean understandable. I'm, yep. you know, but it's sort of the yeah. And for the one in Ottawa, the CTC. I'm not sure about that either because again, it takes time to get everything running. never yep. Even if the even if it's, it's just like four to five hundred people coming through, there's people coming from across the provinces and in, in the states. I think we had like, eight from eight states represented last yeah, year. Yeah, so. they can't get across the border, so. That's yeah, like an And, average. well, people from Atlantic can't come either. They, they, they're told if they leave the province, when they come back, they have to self-isolate for 14 days. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was like, well, okay, it's not just a vacation I'm taking. Now it's you know, two weeks on top of that. I, I mean, working from home is a possibility, but still it makes, a, makes it a challenge. So I don't think um, that's going to happen either. So the earliest one we might be doing would be the war zone in Montreal next fall. Which we'll again, we'll see how that goes, but that'd be the earliest for out of the basement to go do a live stream convention.
0: Now that being said, we have done live stream from Kessel Run when they did the launch of yes. what were they launching? Magic oh, maybe?
1: No, 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 dude! Oh, ninth edition, right, right. 40, 40K, ninth edition right. Warhammer 40k. edition Warhammer 40k. Which I hope
0: so, We'll do something like that again.
1: Well, no, that's not too bad. But again, that, that would be during the summertime. The <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, Exactly. <laughs> summertime, outside, under tents, in the yeah. parking lot, everyone's socially distanced. <laughs> exactly. uh, everyone's still wearing masks for the most part. So yeah. I mean, we you at least make do. But, you know, instead of a 5,000 person turnout, it's going to be 20 people turnout. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's a so. much, much different scale from what uh, actual conventions are you know, like. And uh,
1: we're still trying to do the every bi-weekly that get together castle run for our live tabletop or live broadcast which is fun um but that's that's it for uh, you know out of the basement live stuff i mean in person live
0: sorry yeah do you, do you want to talk about the uh, plans we have coming up in january and moving forward
1: well next month though uh, hopefully people will hear this before it comes out. We will be doing our uh, Star Wars trivia contest.
0: Yeah, that always happens in December. So our next recording session will be a double header. First, yeah. we'll be recording uh, uh, episode
4: 99. 99. Or
0: episode actually, episode 100 of the, uh, right. of the podcast. This is going to be episode 99. Yeah. 98 was our anniversary special that we, uh, the, the trivia contest that we did, which is about yeah. to come out actually tomorrow, I think is when I'm releasing it. Uh, So it's been edited, it's ready to go, tomorrow it gets released, and then uh, this should come out maybe two weeks after that, almost just in time for us to record our uh, 100th episode, which is our our milestone 100th, and then after that, record the third annual Star Wars trivia contest. And now that we're doing it uh, online, instead of doing it in person, instead of using those awesome buzzers that I've got, sitting still collecting dust, waiting for us to actually be able to get together in person again, I found an online uh, buzzer (laughs) capability which was super fun for that trivia content. But
1: also now we can actually open it up to our uh Patreon friends. Absolutely. Because before it was harder to do because you'd have to come and be in person with us for the thing. Now it's like, well we can do it online. And uh again, I, I know your sister had fun. Yeah, sure, great time. Uh, we actually uh the, the trivia thing was great and we're planning again soon. Uh January, weren't you planning something Dev? I thought you were planning
0: to try another content. Uh yes. So, um, for our, specifically for our Patreon members, um, we're launching our um, role-playing um, special. So, if you're, uh, if you're I think, at the $20 level, if you're a backer on our Patreon, you are automatically included. You have the ability to join us for a weekly, or a monthly, sorry, what once a month um, role-playing session. Specifically, I'm going to be running Star Wars. Uh, I know Pat. You've offered um, a couple of different games. Yep, exactly. As well. So, um, yeah. so we'll we'll have that available for anyone who wants to take part in a exclusive uh, yeah, game that we're running only for the Patreon members. Yeah, and then you were also talking about doing perhaps a monthly, uh, a different game. Yes. Yeah, uh, open to the public, but open uh, to public. Uh, the well, the day... it's a
1: per, it's a per pay thing. Yeah, uh, through a uh, Facebook events and stuff, mm-hmm. or it's it's just it's a minimum. I think it's like five dollars, but it's just basically. Um, to make sure you're you're committed to doing it right. and helping us out. Um, so yes, we'll we're I'm going to get the announcements ready for December so we can you know announce it for 2021 right. that this is what we're going to do. Devram's going to offer to do his Star Wars or a couple other games if he if people are interested. And I'm willing to run some games as well. Again, we'll list them. What's there? But yeah, we want to have our listeners be able to take part. Uh, in our gaming things, and it's, it's, again, it'll be through Discord, Facebook, whatever is, or you know, whatever ways for communications that people want is be open up. But we're also going to uh, offer this to record it to put it up for our Patreon um, only to hear it if they want. So that, that's mm-hmm. it for me. Yeah. So on, on that note, gentlemen, I'm sorry I'm going to have to bail on you because I have, like I said, so many bookings now. <laughs> And I'm offering a game to run some more games next year. What
0: am I thinking? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> thinking? All right, so we say goodbye to Pat. Uh, does anyone right. else have any more um, news or rumors?
3: Well, I'd like to uh, just point out about uh, the Alan Dean Foster Disney thing that's going that on. That's right one now. of the things
4: I wanted to bring up. Yeah. So that thanks. Would be our segment three, then? Um, well, well it, we could... It, it, we, we following news and rumors
3: yeah can yeah. You at least explain what's going on uh alan dean foster had written numerous uh books or yeah novels novelizations uh, uh largely for fox so uh, he did the original star wars novel he also uh did the uh the first uh, freestanding star wars novel um And uh, he wrote uh, novelizations for uh, several of the Alien franchise and and so on, Uh, because, you know, that's kind of been his bread and butter for uh, a long time, just uh, novelizations of movies and so on. Um, So with Disney picking up uh, all those properties when when they bought Fox uh, and other acquisitions... Uh, they have decided that while they got the uh, contracts, they didn't pick up the obligations that went with those contracts, and so they stopped paying him royalties on those books that he's written. Uh, and so uh, they're they're not even listening; they're not even responding to his lawyers or his, his agent or anything like that. So he's uh, finally made it public uh, that uh, this is going on that uh, that he's being shortchanged on on the royalties he's supposed to be given so that that's what that's that's what the situation is
4: yeah um so basically um there is a trade organization uh, the science fiction, fiction writer fantasy on. writers association yeah um that uh, Foster is a long-standing member of, they do have a dispute resolution mechanism uh, that is available. Um, and generally speaking, it stays anonymous. Yeah. Um, usually, you know, like their, their dispute team uh, initiates talks between the publisher and the author and generally speaking things come to a somewhat mutually satisfactory conclusion and it all ends and nobody nobody knows anything about it um this is unprecedented with the SFWA and that uh, one of the things that they find onerous is that uh, Disney has said they will talk to Foster if he signs an NDA first, mm-hmm. which is very unusual. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That, now, but Dis- Disney, however, says it's not unusual. They say that when they negotiate with somebody, usually that somebody is under an NDA. So it may be, um, different culture clashing. There's been speculation online that a lot of this is happening because Disney is so big that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because basically the contracts fall under Disney's mergers and acquisitions. Um, portfolio because they bought out Lucasfilm back in 2012. And that's when the difficulties with the Star Wars stuff began, apparently. And then they bought 20th Century Fox two years ago. Now, if they were dealing with Disney publishing, because Disney does have a publishing arm, they own, uh, I think it's Hyperion books. Um, This probably wouldn't be happening, but they're not. And... It's a very odd situation in that uh, it's just not how acquisitions work. You don't get the benefits of contracts held by the company you bought without getting the obligations. That's, that's a very bizarre interpretation of corporate law. Yeah. and it's really really dangerous because as the sfwa has said you know let's look at the worst case scenario all of a sudden um, especially in this these days of you know massively integrated media properties you sell the contract to a sister company all of a sudden sister company can publish your work without paying you yeah you know that's just Crazy, so um, so yeah. We'll we shall see. We shall see.
0: This is just another reason why I have no problem watching the Mandalorian without paying for Disney Plus. Nothing.
4: Nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, everybody. Everybody has their patch of ground that they're willing to stand on mm-hmm. and stuff you know it diff- it differs for everybody um, mandalorian. well um, how come we haven't talked about the mandalorian at all have you guys seen it no that's before? why we nope. haven't
0: talked about it
4: no yeah. I, have, I haven't even seen season one of the Mandalorian. same here oh good
2: oh my so God.
4: so so right. here, i i i have um, to cut you off there guys
0: i'm sorry
2: <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't seen season one yet. It's it's un, un, no. Uh, it's I, I think
0: this is like end of friendship territory here. <laughs> yeah.
2: no, I heard it for Pat because we're related. I don't know Pat. I mean I might have to swear you off entirely
4: here. <laughs> well <laughs> yeah, you heard you heard it here first, folks. Paul Paul is willing to disown no. Pat over the Mandalorian. <laughs> it's
0: literally that good a show.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure I know. I've heard that it's good, but it's on a streaming service. And eventually, I am going to want to get Disney Plus because, uh, uh, especially with what's continuing with Marvel with uh, WandaVision coming out really soon, you know, yeah. it's getting harder and harder to resist. I mean, the the Marvel, the MCU stuff with Daredevil and Luke Cage and so on was the reason why I got net, got into Netflix to start with. Right?
4: Yeah, and they're not even on there anymore. Yeah, I know. Oh, they are. Oh yeah, they will be till uh, the end of the time. They're just not making new ones. Yes, uh, they yeah. are. They are Netflix shows. Yeah.
3: yeah, since
4: Netflix paid to make them, right. they're never going to go off Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Are so, they uh,
0: going to be at all available on Disney Plus or whatever? There, no, whatever
4: platform?
0: no, okay. they'll never so be available.
4: To to, to, uh, they, they are Netflix exclusives. They will never be on any other platform.
2: Good. Unless but, unless but that, Netflix gets bought by that other platform. <laughs>
4: yes, which is possible, yeah. But yeah, unlikely.
3: And it is also possible that we'll see the same actors reprising the roles for Disney. Yeah. Uh, there there because, is that possibility. Well,
0: I don't the how the contracts were written, though, right? If, if their contracts were written in such a way that those those characters with those actors are only available on uh, Netflix, then that might not be a possibility. Yeah.
4: Now they've the the contracts have actually been discussed fairly comprehensively, and the only limitation is that Marvel could not touch them for two years. Oh, okay. And that has passed yep. for all of it, right? Yeah. And there's been there's been a fairly active um, push in a number of quarters. Not so much for anything else. But to have Charlie Cox reprise Matt Murdock in the MCU, he you know. is really good. Uh, like mm. his his castmates have brought this up several times that they should real if they're going to go Daredevil in the MCU, they should get Charlie Cox back again. Uh, Vince, no, not applicant?
2: God no, no. no,
4: his his, his time's kind of done. Um, <laughs> he's back right now anyway. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. No, he's but, not.
0: He's not Batman anymore. The new Batman is the guy from Twilight. No. James James
4: Patterson. Yeah, Yeah. except that. That's not. That's not. In the the Flash movie, it will be Affleck. Oh, will it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Keaton.
0: And Michael Keaton, yeah. Oh, because they're doing multiverse? Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. So, anyway, um, so yeah, you know, uh, I lost my train of thought there. Was, yeah, I, well, I
3: know that uh, John Barenthal has uh, expressed a lot yeah. of interest oh, in reprising yeah. Vince,
4: yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. who plays the Kingpin, mm-hmm.
3: did fantastic
4: job. Oh Kingpin. yeah, he yeah. was like the best one I've yeah. seen. well he he is Cox's biggest cheerleader, basically, uh, as far as reprising Matt Murdoch. So
2: yeah, if they're gonna get somebody to play the Kingpin, they should definitely get him to do it. Yeah,
4: him. yeah. Also, the late Michael Clark Duncan. Was actually, I thought. No, he was. He
2: was a. He was a good too. He, but, he was. Um, he was. He was a
4: good choice back in the day.
2: Yeah, had the size,
4: like the kingpin's bulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um,
2: it, was, it was a one-off too, in terms of like. Um, uh, it was just a movie, so he he had limited script. Mm-hmm. But in it, the the other fella, he, I mean, he played oh, yeah. for seasons, and the that really. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the. I don't know the actor's name. Anyway, so he, I mean, he really made the character what it was, though, because he, he got time to yeah. build the character. Yeah. You know, so... The other but, um, Sorry, I just, yeah, I don't, so, I, I'm not Dwayne, I don't know everybody's name. Yeah. He's, he's a but, well-known
4: actor, man.
0: He's, yeah. he's not just some nobody
4: off the street. I right? actually and haven't we seen him in uh, yeah. that close Fun, fun, <laughs> fun little bit of trivia about Vincent D'Onofrio, by the way. Um, you guys uh, familiar with a uh, um, Disney touchstone comedy called *Adventures in Babysitting*? Of course, like yeah. back in '87, ever made. D'Onofrio is in that movie. He really? Yeah, he plays uh, the garage owner where they take the uh, they where they take the car to get the, the wheel fixed. Yep, and so the little kid thinks that this guy is Thor and ends up giving him her hammer right. that she's been carrying around the whole movie Right, and that's Vincent D'Onofrio so you know <laughs> long before anyone came up with uh, you know the MCU or the Netflix Daredevil stuff or anything like that you have D'Onofrio kind of connected with Marvel just on the side there, because yeah. in a movie, a little a Disney movie, nonetheless, <laughs> a little kid thinks he looks exactly like Thor. <laughs> so I've always I've always found that kind of amusing. Um, Adventures of Babysitting is on Disney Plus, by the way. Uh, it's if a you, great movie. Oh, it's hilarious! <laughs> I love that film. Um, yeah, um, it's also the first place that I saw uh, Stanmetz from star trek uh discovery anthony Rapp. okay because yeah he's he's, he's one of there. the kids right he's one of the kids yeah, yeah. so um so yeah course, so the shoe who plays the the babysitter in question yeah and penelope ann miller who plays her stranded best friend right um but uh there's there is a lot going on in. In television and stuff and interestingly enough like Marvel is still kind of despite the pandemic they're still kind of full speed ahead in that so like WandaVision is supposed to be first uh, they're moving on um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier I guess has finished shooting uh, you know there's been casting stuff for Miss Marvel there's been disputing casting stuff for She-Hulk um <laughs> uh, You know, so it'll be interesting how it all pans out. Uh, In other TV news, uh, James Gunn recently completed his two-week quarantine in Vancouver. And so work is about to get started, seriously started, on the new uh, Peacemaker uh, spinoff from the Suicide Squad. Right than that. Uh, And last I heard is that uh, Gunn has actually finished the main drafts of all eight episodes. Okay. So uh, that I think should be interesting. Uh, Gunn's, you know, I've got a lot of goodwill for that guy because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll be interested to see what he does with Suicide Squad and with Peacemaker. Um, Now is he also taking over the Suicide Squad going forward? He's in for one, and he's doing Peacemaker. Um, There's been no news about any future ones. I imagine uh, they don't want to do anything until they see how Suicide Squad actually does. Right. Um, And that uh, we already talked about the whole Wonder Woman release date. Uh, What's unknown right now is whether or not uh, we'll be able to watch it Was streaming in Canada.
0: It's streaming. I'll I'll be
4: able to watch it. Yeah. It's streaming (laughs) on HBO Max. HBO Max uh, isn't in Canada. However, HBO has a fairly comprehensive uh, deal with Bell Media. Uh, So most of their stuff ends up on Crave here. Uh, I don't know whether going forward, stuff like, uh, you know, Titans. For example, will end up on Crave. I don't think so because they cut a deal f- with Netflix for that one. Yeah. So um, it all gets very convoluted. For example, uh, so far there's still no mainstream way to watch uh, Hellstrom, the one of the last gasps of Marvel Television here in Canada. Uh, it's nowhere. And it's also unsure when New Mutants goes streaming in the States, it will be HBO Max because of a deal Fox cut. So HBO Max uh, gets first crack at any Fox properties um, that I, I guess that started before the merger with Disney. But internationally, it supposedly will be on Disney Plus It's hard to say, though, whether Canada counts as internationally because for the most part, uh, they consider our box office just an extension of the US. So I don't know. Um, Fun things of living, you know, to the north of the biggest entertainment behemoth in the world. So, yeah. But uh, the Allendean Foster thing, just going back to that for a second, It's a very disappointing uh, example of corporate stupidity, especially because it just seems extremely stupid. I have no idea why they think they can get away with saying that they get the benefits from something, but not the obligations. It makes no sense. Um, And also I've been a Alan Dean Foster fan for quite a while. I don't actually have any of his uh, novelizations. Like his license stuff, but um, I have all his spell novels, which are great. And somebody ought to turn that into a TV show. I think it'd be hilarious. Um, the the cost of the music rights might be somewhat discouraging, though. Um, <laughs> and I've also read several of his standalone novels, and that uh, you know he's he's good. And, uh, you know, nobody deserves to be treated like that, uh, especially not Alan Dean Foster. Anyways, uh, that's it. I don't have anything else for this to go around.
0: And of course, uh, before we forget, uh, let's do our shout outs. This week's shout out is going to go to uh, Aisha.
2: Uh, wait, wait, wait. Isn't it supposed to go to Jen, though? Oh, you want to do Jennifer Jen? Jen? I think, it's, I think it's supposed to be you, Jen, isn't it? Oh,
0: okay. Uh, sorry, actually, it's going to be Jennifer. Our shout out this week or this month goes to Jennifer, Patreon Patreon member Jennifer. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Okay. Does anyone have anything else, or shall we just say thank you for joining us?
4: I think we're at that time of the day.
0: Awesome. Good. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Adam Basin Podcast, and we'll catch you next time for episode number 100. Very much Ooh,
2: looking
0: forward to it. 100. Wow. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. We'd like to thank Radio Free Music for our intro and outro music. Both songs were done by an amazing artist named Silent Partner. The intro music is called Drop and Roll, and the outro music is called Grand Navy Plaza. And we'll have links to both those songs in our show notes. If you liked what you heard and wish to support the show, please consider becoming a backer on Patreon. We can be found at patreon.com slash Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.